Aloha. Welcome to the Zeno Podcast, where we want to hear your voice, your story. My name is Mark Maslar. And I'm Angela Pampon. Thank you for joining us today. Before we jump into this episode's topic, let's give a few shout outs to those who helped bring this episode together. First on our list is the Reading Writing Center. This podcast is a product of our collaboration with this amazing department. And we are so glad that we have such a great group of people supporting us. If you ever need help with your next essay, research on your EIL presentation, or anything else in English, then come on down to the Reading Writing Center where we can help you. We would also like to thank the BYU Hawaii Recording Studio, who have been such a great help in providing the equipment and manpower to put these episodes together. If any of you are interested in recording music, talks, or anything else, we recommend you go to them. In the case that you want to work with them in the future, we'll leave a link for you to sign up and make an appointment at their studio, located right behind the BYU-Hawaii Security Department. With that all out of the way, let's talk about Christmas. As everyone starts to put up the Christmas decorations and sing all their favorite songs, we wanted to ask a few people across campus what music means to them, especially during the holiday season. Music has been around for centuries. People have sung to celebrate, to express religious devotion, and even to share stories with others. For local Hawaiians, they had mele, which was a form of chant. Using beautiful tones, they would record history, communicate epics about heroic characters, or show their love for their land, its culture, and their family. On the other side of the world, Europeans developed different styles of music as well. These include the carol and the hymn. Originally used for ceremonial events, like a winter solstice or a great harvest, music took on a different form centuries after Jesus Christ was born. Christian worshipers began a tradition to sing songs of praise and joy, forming formal choirs and writing countless pieces to sing as a part of Christmas celebration each year. Nowadays, we can all feel the Christmas season as more and more radio stations start to play traditional Christmas tunes. Let's see what Christmas music really means to three different students from various cultures. Our first story comes from Chris Chrysanalom from Thailand. Hi, my name is Chris Chrysanalom. I'm from Thailand, from Bangkok, and I'm majoring in music percussion, instrumental major, and I'm minoring in sports and exercise science. Today, I, I just want to talk about music and Christmas and how it's how it's important and related to, actually related directly to my career because music has been a big part of my life and growing up I have seen a lot of relationship between holidays like Christmas and music even though even though in my country or my hometown in Thailand is Thailand is a Buddhist country and we don't Christmas there is not a holiday people don't even go to like even don't even have holidays they just go to work like normal day but but we still have Christmas like decorations and of course music that's why I growing up knowing about Christmas and especially going up in the church um, so I have more relationship with with uh, seeing relationship with music and Christmas more especially in church because um, in the past, um, I would say five, five years or ten years, every year in, in the church, we would I would join the choir because my mom she's a music like director for 
for the church for our ward, and she would conduct the music and get us to gather us together to um, form our choir and do some special like Christmas numbers every year. So growing up, I've been singing a lot of Christmas music, and but as I get older and get more involved in music, more seriously, especially this past couple of years that I decided to major in music to um, to be serious about it and then to make a living of out of music. So I see more of how music is made and more details that how this specifically made for Christmas, what what notes do they use, what chords do they usually use for Christmas music that makes it Christmas, and and even for those who are not music educated or just uh, just listening to music, they can feel it when they listen to Christmas music. They can get. Um, they get the the feeling. Um, I heard I've heard my friends. I have a lot of friends from the Philippines that they like they start to decorate or listen to like turn on the music, Christmas music since like September and every year, so they can get that vibe, Christmas vibes, you know. So yeah, if, so every time I I hear the Christmas music, I or Christmas songs, I I don't know. I have this feeling of happiness. I usually, I usually listening to Christmas songs during the year. It doesn't have to be like September or in the end of the year. And I once in a while, I would pull out some like Christmas songs. I have my Christmas play- playlist on my phone, and I usually listen to it um, from time to time, even during the year. Like when I have a hard time, sometimes I listen to Christmas songs. So I feel better. Because it has it has some something in there, some special feelings that helps me uh, be more positive and think of Christ, think of what who is Christmas is about. So because some sometimes we tend to forget the purpose. They really we forget. We tend to forget um, who. Who is Christmas about? I know if I say that right, maybe that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. So it's about centering Jesus Christ and His life. And every time I listen to the Christmas songs, I relate to Christ and His life and His atonement. That makes me feel like I can can do everything. Like everything's possible. So Christmas and music's been a huge part of my life. Um, I have an opportunity to perform a lot of Christmas music in BYU Hawaii every year because every year we have Christmas devotional. Actually, about three years ago, my first year here, they the music program had it's called Christmas concert, similar to Christmas devotional, but it's longer. It's more like. I would say it's kind of like music and spoken words for Tamil Nadu Choir, but it's for for um, BYU Hawaii. So all the music program, we put all the songs together, about an hour, 
long concert and he's just performed. All the classes, the ensembles come together and perform together. It's really, really good experience. Up next, we have Delphia Lloyd. Hi, aloha, kia ora, talofa. <laughs> My name is Delphia Lloyd and I am a junior here at BYU Hawaii. I'm majoring in hospitality and tourism management, which is the best major ever. But anyway, um, so Mark asked me to speak about how I feel the spirit through music. And especially with this Christmas season coming up, it seems that um, something you can't have Christmas without is music. There's a whole genre of music just for that holiday, right? Christmas. And I think that goes to show how powerful and how influential music can be in the feelings of other people. People have different ways of expressing themselves. It can be through dancing, through writing, through speaking, and Music is definitely a way that I have always felt I can express myself, um, not even by myself performing, but just by listening to songs. I feel like uh, there are songs that help me to feel what I want to feel, or help me to realize um, what I am feeling about something. And so when it comes to hymns, there's a reason why we have hymns, and not just our church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but hymns have been a part of Christianity and other religions for as long as we can remember. And that is a way that we express ourselves to God, and that's how we are able to come together. Even if you can't sing well, even if you feel like you can't sing well, or you feel like you can't play an instrument very well, the feeling of being a part of that, the feeling of at least doing it, um, helps you to have a new way to express yourself. I keep, I keep saying the word express because that's pretty much what music does. That's what it is. And that's why so many people connect with each other is through music. And that's why uh, singers, musicians, artists, that's why they're famous because they're able to convey emotions and ideas and messages that help people feel like they are understood and help people feel like they can understand other things and like they have hope or they have love. And so with the spirit of Christmas, um, I love Christmas hymns. I love uh, Christmas songs because they talk about things that are the real meaning of Christmas. They talk about peace and love and of course the birth of Christ and like angels we have heard on high celebrating the birth of Christ. Um, Silent Night, one of my favorite hymns, helps you to really picture that moment when Christ was there with his mother and his father. He was born and the angels were surrounding him at that time, you know, and so I think people um, should understand and give more credit to the ability of music to change our feelings, to change our thoughts, and to change our focus as well. What about you personally? Has there been a point where you felt the 
spirit better when you've sung or have listened to a song? Oh yeah, for sure. Almost every day. Almost every day. I love music so much. I've always loved music and especially on Sundays when we're singing the opening hymns, closing hymns, and the sacrament hymn. It helps me to re-evaluate what I'm thinking of because when you actually focus on what you're singing, or even if you don't focus and you're singing and then you realize, oh, what am I thinking about right now? What should I be thinking about? Especially with the sacrament hymn. It's like the meeting starts, my mind is kind of other places, and then sacrament starts. And I'm singing about uh, the sacrament. I'm singing about the atonement of Christ. And I realize that that's where I need to be right now. That's what I need to focus on. And then some days when I'm feeling down, there's one song I love to listen to. It's called Change by Camry Pula. And it's from one of the youth albums. And that song talks about how we're here to change. We're meant to become a different person than who we are today. We're meant to go through hard things and come out better. And there is a time in my life, well, there are always going to be times in my life, and there have been times in my life where I'm down, and I feel like I'm exhausted, and I'm tired, and then I listen to that song, and I realize, oh, it's okay, like, this is life, and it's going to be fine, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to keep going. And uh, another one of my favorite songs is Be Still My Soul. It's my favorite hymn because of the message it shares Although you're going through trials, the Lord is on your side. And there are times where you're on your knees and you feel like you can't get back up. But it's going to be okay. And that song truly gives me peace. Be still, my soul. It really does. Because you just, you feel that turmoil and you feel like there's no peace at all. But then you hear songs like that. Or even if you don't hear any words, but you just hear instruments in a soothing tone, like that's really calming, right? And so that's how music has helped me, and that's how music has changed my life. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, my name is Lacey Westfall, and I'm one of the tutors at the Reading and Writing Center. For the month of December, we do not have any workshops or appointments leading up to the end of the semester. However, if you'd like any help with your work during the week of finals, please come by. We'll have tutors ready to help you with everything from an essay to a final presentation. See you at the Reading and Writing Center. And now, back to the episode. And up next is Yesay Wilson. Mark and I actually we go back to Orange State back in California so that's how we know each other we just both landed here at BYU Hawaii so um, I'm a music major I'm a general music major here and this is only my second semester I transferred some, from Santa Ana College um, but anyway getting into the, the, the nitty-gritty of the fun stuff um, singing is such a spiritual thing for me and I want everybody to know that that um, Nobody's excluded, no matter your vocal capacity. And um, something that happened over this past year is I was able, I had the privilege of working for another church. It was the Church of the Holy Cross in, in Hilo on the Big Island where, where I live now. Um, while I was there, they, they asked me to write an article for their, um, uh, 
with a little paper that they email out to the members and, um, and bail out. And um, it took a lot of time for me to come up with it, but um, I, I thought I'd read it here today. The name of the article is Singing, Increasing Capacity to Love Self and Others. Here it goes. Oh, I don't sing, or I wish I could sing. These remarks are the second most common phrases I hear in my life. The first being, how do I pronounce your name again? I believe the general society and the variety of televised vocal competitions have done a great disservice to those of us who may not consider ourselves singers. The disservice I'm referring to is what I call the vocal inferiority complex. It's become a rampant and untreated mental disease that limits our spiritual progression. The toxic mentality is this. If I don't sing well, then I shouldn't sing publicly. To me, that mentality is equivalent to biking is only for those competing in the Tour de France, so I shouldn't bike. What a shame to miss the exhilaration of riding a bike due to comparing to the lofty elite of the cyclists in that field. My friends, our voices, unlike bikes, are God-given as part of our identity. Our voice is inseparably connected to our souls, which is why many can express so perfectly with it, and why it hurts so excruciatingly when someone makes a negative comment about it. Can I invite you to give up the culture of fear that Simon Cowell is going to judge you and instead say, you know, my voice is part of the gift of life and I, and I can develop it. There is no third party instrument we need to purchase. God already programmed it, programmed it in us. Will we take that talent and bury it or will we cultivate it when we return to the master? I believe finding our voice and more importantly learning to love our voice is a way to magnify what I call Christ's implied commandment. In Matthew chapter 22 verses 37-39 it reads, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now here's the implied commandment. In order for one to love their neighbor, one must first love themselves. Inquire, I do not expect perfection, but instead I invite expression. So come and learn to love that part of yourself, which in turn will impact your, your capacity to love and minister to others. My invitation to you is the same as Philip to Nathaniel in John chapter 1, verse 46. Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good come out of choir? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. And that was the message that I, I, I gave to the church and to, to try to recruit some singers. I ended up sharing it on Facebook and, and all my friends started sharing it all over the place. It was, um, it got, uh, I had some people come up to me like, I've never really thought about singing that way. And, you know, I think when we, when we look at the older generation, like the baby boomer gen generation and older, is they grew up in a time period where they, singing was just a part of life, but somehow, and, and the, Time that we've you and I've been able to live is um, it's only for people who do it well like and, and if you don't just <laughs> as well as what I, I commonly hear people tell their stories of getting shut down of when they tried singing and all of a sudden they're um, somebody like a friend or somebody that loved one says like oh what was that and then all of a sudden they don't want to sing anymore and I'm like it's it's not about singing well it's about connecting to that part of yourself um, that if we can learn to love that part of your voice, starting with your voice, that releases so many other things. Um, I me mean, choir music, 
uh, when I joined choir at my sophomore year of high school, like that's how I helped. That's how I found myself. Like I, I, I realized, oh, I didn't know I liked choir music. Well, what other things make up BSA? And so that's kind of the journey that I want to do in, in aspiring to become a choir director is um, to uh, give it a give a chance for people to discover themselves through the music, and which I think is a primary goal of music. But um, you know, another thought that I want to throw in there is that of why music is so important. Uh, I've been studying music history with Dr. Duard in the semester, and one of the things that he re- I really loved is he goes into the ancient Greeks. One of the things that we talk about, uh, or that one of the things that people like to think about today is logically reasoning. Well, who invented logic and reasoning? At least these, the naming these concepts, and that was the Greeks. That's Plato. That's Socrates. And um, what these guys would do is they would off, they would also look at um, um, at music. And <laughs> it's interesting because as we start looking into uh, different types of music that they that they had like the modes. Um, if you were if you were a, a leader or a captain, you were only supposed to listen to this mode. Um, you can only listen to Phrygian mode if you're a leader, for example. I don't know if that was that one particularly is true, but it, because if you listen to another mode, like an Aeolian mode, then that's too um, soft and the, that could corrupt a leader, that can make them weak. So even these great leaders who who we base a lot of our reasoning off of saw value in music and saw that it can impact the world. Um, I was watching on YouTube, uh, uh, mosquito. Um, I was watching on YouTube a fantastic clip. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's um, look at Michael Baum. He's uh, he plays a very evil person in a very, very sacred old film in Hint Wink Wink. And um, but anyway, he he gives this um, wonderful lecture about how important music is spiritually and, and it changed my life. One of the parts that I, I'd like to talk about is he, he quotes from Howard, Dr. Howard Gardner's uh, Theory of Multiple Intelligences. Now, if you're a teacher, you'll definitely hear about this. This is the theories of how to be, uh, that everybody can be smart in different ways. Um, but back then there was only like seven, now we're up to nine, but I still think what the two parts I got added to are very important. And I'm gonna connect this to music. But these are the, the the nine different ways that we can be intelligent. Um, number one is naturalists. Uh, these are people who are understanding and living and things, reading, nature, that kind of stuff. Um, then there's musical. That one's kind of obvious. This is the one that we, we commonly remember, logical, mathematical. Normally we see people who are really good at math and stuff as really intelligent, but that's only one of nine. Um, existential, that's uh, that's one of the newer ones I've added, and that's tackling the questions of why are we here in this world and what's our purpose. Interpersonal, that is uh, sensing people's feelings and motives and t- connecting with other people. Bodily kinesthetic, that's another way you can be intelligent. That's uh, These are the, what we would call the tactile learners. And um, linguistic, which is finding the right words to express what you mean, and, and as well as like the tongue and like learning languages and stuff intrapersonal that's understanding yourself and then the last one is spatial these are that one's a harder one to explain that one's like people who are good at um one of the ones that michael ballon talks about is like uh, architects are really good at spatial because they're good at imagining things in like a 3d world now i'd like to make uh, the same argument that michael ballon makes um and that is 
music, specifically my argument for vocal music, is the only uh, medium on this planet that can um, activate and stimulate all these learning styles at once, which is one of the reasons why it's so important that kids are listening to music and learning all these songs at such a young age because it works. Um, so there's uh, so going with naturalist. Obviously, musical is a natural thing. We hear birds singing. We hear sounds. So that's a so that's one form of learning. Obviously, there's musical. Let's go to logical mathematical. There's a lot of counting in in music, and then sometimes you get into four against three, but but da but but da and stuff like that. So there's all sorts of counting in math and in music, very orderly. Existential, as we tackle like music that's very spiritual, we have to um, we we can't help like kind of going along with what Plato was talking about earlier is but ponder our purposes in life and um, which is why we have music at general conference and at church it definitely stimulates uh, existential learning um, interpersonal if you're getting in a choir you have to learn how to sing with a bunch of people that you don't know and uh, and whether you like them or not and that's very common and especially at a high school choir which which I've taught at for four years um, you got just like in the workplace you got to learn how to get along and so that's a great thing to learn in the choir uh, body kinesthetic you are learning your body that your that your voice your vocal cords figuring out what sounds go with which vocal muscles that's body kinesthetic learning linguistic and often in the choir we'll sing songs in latin german african dialects here at BYU Hawaii, a lot of polynesian dialects so definitely a lot of places to learn there Intrapersonal, you're learning about your own personal voice. You're you're really diving into um, what makes up your voice and uh, in this in essence your being. And then last spatial is especially if you're doing really intense like multi-harmonic music like uh, contrapuntal music. Um, you got to figure out how does my part fit in comparison to everybody else. So if you're you're not the soprano in most cases you're the harmony which means you need to kind of back off and let the soprano take the lead there so that 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 there right is just basically an argument that there's so many different ways that we can look that music can stimulate us as human beings it's it's i have been exposed to so many different cultures i have been you know i can't say that my math skills have, have gone up but Maybe because I, I started a little bit late, uh, sophomore year of high school, but it is um, it has done a, a great amount of good for me, and I just want to be able to offer that for the rest of my life, which is why I'm seeking to be a choir director. And yeah, so that's that's my spiel about music. So get yourself to a choir, come join mine. And you know that that's amazing. Thank you, Jesse, for a lot of the research that really goes into understanding music. I think that for anyone here in anyone in BYU Hawaii or in a college setting is just starting to understand more about music or different subjects. I can edit out things. <laughs> and when it comes to music, touches on what you spoke about earlier which is that it connects us to a, a space which goes beyond the realm of intelligence and in many ways it touches on the spiritual 
you know, with this next month being Christmas, we have a lot of different music that brings to mind the Savior, His birth, and what that means for people. And we could say that music really started to become popular in the Western sense because of the way which people used it as a method of expression for their beliefs. And that, that really opens up the conversation about how important music is and how it has this ability to communicate on a spiritual level. I think that's amazing. For you, what do you think is something that we can all learn about the spiritual aspect of music? And maybe if you have an experience about feeling the spirit or thinking about Christ when singing. There's a lot. Um, I guess one that's really simple is I remember being on a mission. We had two chapels that were walking distance from each other and the power went out in one. And this is missionary Christmas, not actual Christmas. It was general conference. And we knew that Elder Holland was coming up pretty soon. He was about due. And so um, the power went out. And so we're panicking. So we start running over to the other uh, chapel. And, and luckily the power is on there. And and lo and behold, Elder Holland had just walked up to speak. We had missed opening prayer and uh, the opening musical numbers. Like they do like two or three at general conference, I've always wondered why, realized why, um, is as, as us missionaries, we're in, we're in our spiritual prime, hopefully not for the rest of our lives, but we're in a really spiritual place, but I remember just all of us not feeling Elder Holland, like we were just not getting it. Now he was as fiery and amazing as usual, but we just could not get into that gear. And what, what had we missed? We had missed listening to the the opening hymns that help invite the spirit into our souls and can put us into that correct gear. It's one of the reasons why I think Christmas is such a special time is um, is because of the music. We're, we're filling the world with so much more Christian messages and all of a sudden people are like in the mood of giving and being nice, which is why I really want to get rid of, this is a, going off on a side tangent here, uh, I mentioned the other, it's one of my soapboxes is, I love Christmas music. I hate holiday music. I can't stand rocking around the Christmas tree. I can't listen to it. I turn to the radio station, and, and there's more and more in that. And the reason why is there there's more marketing to be done, and it's not really bringing me close to my Savior. Whereas, um, as we sing Silent Night or Old Holy Night or um, A Little Town of Bethlehem, Angels We Have Heard on High, the Holiday Chorus, all these fantastic, fantastic songs. Born to us a child is born. These songs bring us closer to Christ, whether you like to or not. There's power in the in the text and in that music. And whether you are, uh, if you're in the mall, if it's playing in the mall, I believe that it can't, you can't help but have um, have have an influence on you. I know my choir director that I worked for at Almedina High School. Uh, I worked for her for three years. She's an agnostic, and um, she's just like. I know this is a public school, but and I don't really like believe in God. But you know, the religious stuff is the best stuff. I'm like, darn right. And so uh, that I think that's such a huge thing is that I, if I were to wrap this all up, is just we need to. I'm hoping that the world does a better job of blanketing the Christian message. Obviously, that's 
we have bias because we're Christians, but um, I truly believe it impacts the whole world for the better. I agree. You know, there's a lot to say about the current climate in a societal sense, but at the end of the day, we can all recognize that no matter what language, what culture, you can bring people together with song and to have something like the spirit of Christmas imbued in different hymns or even radio music at times can help us as people feel a little more like we are one family and and it speaks to that side of us which is unique and wonderful and that is a reason why I think that people just love music whether it's in the shower in the concert hall or in a class or on the radio it always has a place in our lives that's one of the first questions when I take on a voice student is like do you sing in the shower and if they say no I'm like oh man this person's got some deep-seated issues can't even let yourself sing in a shower like maybe <laughs> mom or dad like insulted you while you're like can you not make that record like i hope that's not the case but yeah that's you're right we need secure spaces to to be able to, to sing and, and get that music in us let that let the message pass through our souls um i was just describing this to somebody that we were, we were talking this is just yesterday what um what are your favorite feelings uh what's what your favorite feeling in the world and um he was talking about getting barreled in uh, <laughs> and, and surfing. But for me, um, I'm thinking about it's when that moment in a choral piece that comes together and, and you hit that fantastic chord and the, or the, and the message is just coming through and everybody's aligned. I, I describe it as like two tuning forks. If I had one, and they're both, if I had two tuning forks and they're both tuned to F, if I vibrate one, it would naturally vibrate the other, and even though I haven't hit the other one. And so what happens with with music for me, like powerful spiritual music, especially if I'm performing in it, um, that that choir is like one tuning fork, and my soul is the other tuning fork, and it resonates my soul, and that is, I think that elevates you to a celestial way of being, and that's just like, which is one of the things that I, when I was directing the Hilo State Choir, one of the things I would tell them is like. There's not a lot that we doctrinally that we have of what happens in heaven. One of the things that we do know is that there are choirs. So I get job security. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and number number two is that that it's actually number one is that like that would mean if the choirs are of angels are in heaven, and that means to be participating in choir music or Christmas music, especially in a choir, is participating in a celestial event. If you're trying to be like Jesus, if you're trying to become more spiritual. Get yourself into a choir. Like I said, that's one of the few things that we do know for sure. That's that's actually in the next life. Amazing. Such amazing stories. Listening to people like Chris, you get to hear about different perspectives that you'd never expect, especially coming from Thailand and being able to hear just how effective. Christmas songs can be in helping a certain group of people just feel in touch with their community and even just to feel that special spark in the season of giving. 
and I totally agree with Delphi. Music is such a great way to express one's devotion and one's feelings. And I also agree with Yesa that music is something that is natural to mankind. Um, before there were written stories, there were chants and there were songs. And it is something that is given to mankind from God. And it does make me sad when people think that music isn't for them just because they think they don't have the talent to sing or play an instrument. But when we really think about it, music is just a part of everyone in their culture. Amen to that. At the end of the day, music is just a part of our lives. And that as long as we find our own way to express ourselves and feel closer to what this season has to bring, then we'll always have that sense of charity, love, and compassion for other people around us. Well, anyways, thanks for tuning in. This was the Xeno Podcast. You can stay updated by following our Facebook and Instagram pages at Xeno Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by the BYU-Hawaii Reading Writing Center. You can find us on YouTube or iTunes or by simply searching Xeno Podcast. That's X-E-N-O Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can click on the link in the description and provide your opinion on how the podcast is doing. Not to mention the link for the studio that we mentioned earlier. But anyways, for our next episode, tune in January for our next topic on how to make dreams come true. We will be interviewing faculty and students alike to ask them how they accomplished their goals in the field they chose. And everyone knows you need this for all your New Year's resolutions. In the meantime, have fun over the holiday break, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas.